Welcome to the 14th episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Now, have you ever thought that there should be an easier way to keep yourself up to date on news pertinent to your farming business without having to browse through multiple websites and fight off a truckload of annoying ads and pop-ups in the process? Well, our guests in this episode have developed an app which helps you cut to the chase and have ag news relevant to farming right at your fingertips at all times in a highly digestible format. The app called Easy News was launched a few weeks ago and is already achieving six to 10,000 downloads a day. So we were super excited to learn about how this startup team with two very different backgrounds came together and how they use their complementary skills to help farmers. So to begin with, it would be great to give our listeners a little bit of background to yourselves. Clara, do you want to make a start? Yeah, sure. Hi, yeah, so I'm Clara, I'm a product designer, and basically I make apps. I'm what it's called a UX, UI designer, and I'm also an entrepreneur, and I have um, my own apps, uh, other apps in the app store. Um, yeah, that's a bit about me. I used to be a professional ballerina most of my life, and then I oh. I started designing and, and became a product designer. Wow, uh, that's Nick. a big switch, yeah. <laughs> yeah right okay thank you for that now uh, coming to you nick yep um yep fire away yeah yeah so my background's in in agriculture after college um studied economics and um actually went down to the trading floor to to clerk in college and during my interview process i stumbled across one of the abcds and went to work trading and got a global overview of the business and since then have worked a number of kind of trading roles and I'm consulting with a lot of companies around the world, probably, you know, focused on agriculture in six different countries before ending up meeting Clara and kind of having a discussion about <laughs> just, you know, how much um, tech and, and apps in particular were sort of lacking in the industry. And, you know, being here in Argentina, you get a very different perspective. So that um, conversation is sort of how this idea was born. So I, I, I guess that answers the next question. Yeah, it's really, already that, answered our next question. So. The, the lack of um, or the shortage of apps in the industry. Um, presumably, um, that was how you came up with this idea to develop uh, the news app. Yeah, it's just like, like Nick was saying, you know, when we met me coming from tech background and him being in ag, it was mostly at the beginning. I just noticed a lot of what he was doing was sharing news, right? Mm -hmm. And me being curious, I started looking for ag apps. I'm like, yeah, but isn't there an app for this? And, you know, I couldn't really find anything, um, not only in the news space, in, in general, there seems to be like not a lot of app to industry standards, at least um, ag apps out there. And I just thought, oh, that's very curious. I wonder why is there that there's, you know, a lack of, of apps in the space um, so we started doing research, we started talking about it. And then, yeah, the idea came about, why don't we try this? Basically, it was a bit of a blue ocean as well, which for me as a product designer was very, very interesting, making products that help real people. Um, yeah, in, in, in a new space that 
my thinking was that also one of the, you know, this is probably something hard to do for big companies because there's a, you know, a lot of hierarchy and sign off process is much easier for a startup to do, but also could be potentially that is hard to uh, source talent um, as it may not be seen as the coolest or the most fun probably to work in tech. But, but for me as a product designer, you know, you do this because you want to help real people. So I was like very much curious and interested in, in trying this idea. Now, now the, the app's already been launched and, and we've, we've already had the chance to try it out on our phones. But can, can you briefly describe who the, who the app was developed for um, and what it does and the benefits to the user? And what makes it unique as well? Yeah. So, you know, having been a trader, a lot of the way your day starts is, you know, and in, in the trader and in the farmer. So one thing about us is we've recently become also investing in farming here in Argentina. And what, what you realize when you're a trader is you've had this, you know, global network of, you know, people you speak with and, you know, emails and brokers and all and all day long, you're getting news pumped into you. You're paying thousands of dollars for these services from Reuters, from Bloomberg. And, you know, sitting down here in Argentina looking for news was a, a new experience where all of a sudden all of that wasn't coming right to me. And the the app became really interesting because you operate off your phone a, a lot of the time. Actually, a lot of what you do ends up being mobile. And then as Clara kind of explained the concept of mobile first, we realized that's that's where the gap was. So the purpose of the app was sort of to bring the news to people, which kind of covers a couple topics. One is is curation. You know, if you you can pay all this money for a New York Times subscription, but how much do they actually write that's applicable to a farmer? Yeah. You know, in the U.S., let alone a farmer in Argentina or Ukraine or Australia. And and, and again, for seventy dollars a month, $30 a month, $1,000 a month for these high-end subscriptions, that just simply isn't going to work for the average person. And then once we sort of understood that need, then we started looking at what the um, challenges you'd have to overcome. And the first one being convenience. You know, what, what one of the things apps do is they make things in your life easier. You use a banking app so you don't have to go to the bank. You yeah. use a photo sharing app so you don't have to pick up the phone and call and you don't have to research and you don't have to create a file sharing. So, you know, the convenience, you know, for busy people was a big one. Kind of lastly, what would be, what would prohibit somebody from wanting to use it? And that's where, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, focus in tech and, and with farmers on trust. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the easiest way to build trust for us, we thought about it in three phases. And that was first off, um, and this is kind of, Clara can talk a bit about this, but the app has to work well. Yeah. We've gotten so used to using apps built by multi-billion dollar companies that if an app doesn't work well, you don't use it. And mm -hmm. um, so we take for granted everything that goes into that. You know, and then the second level of trust is, you know, that they're, the data is protected, the, the spam, the ads, it's going to be an overall good experience. And then finally, kind of taking it down to the level of our industry knowledge, the curation of the news. If I'm going to go into the app and it's not going to be applicable to, applicable to me, I'm not going to use it anyway. So that was sort of the process and kind of how we got to 
from the idea of an app to what is an app somebody in this industry will want to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of, you know, making this uh, unique uh, also for the user, I mean, obviously it's filling really a real need, um, but is there anything else that makes it a bit unique? I mean, we've, we've tried it, but uh, it's like also by the, the voice, I mean, that you can actually, it's audio that yeah. it's providing as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the uniqueness is really that all the news are summarized. So you get all the best information very quickly. There's also no no ads in the app. That's also a unique selling point. There'll never be ads in the app, embedded ads. This is also what really annoys users. And yes, all the all the news are audible. So they're all playable. You can listen to the news. And this is great for farmers, you know, who are busy with their hands. So there's a lot of aspects in in terms of the business model of the company that has a different route than most of um, news outlets or media companies usually take, which is, you know, the revenue model comes from advertising. And this leads to things like bias information, clickbait, filler text, and all these things that actually really dilute the information So we want our information to be as clean as possible and as convenient and accessible as possible uh, without also um, that advertising revenue model. One other point on, you know, the, the, the summarization is just, you know, nobody out there really ever said, I want to know less. So getting this news in front of people, we find, you know, simply we still put the links to the stories if it's a specific topic. You know, the point is education is just being the platform that delivers this and allowing people to still go, you know, to the website, do their own research, go as far down that rabbit hole of information as they would like, you know, whereas so many of the other services or or media outlets or, you know, brokerage, whatever, end up trying to keep you inside their ecosystem and, you know, using only their services. I think that's always been one of the big flaws in the farm industry is, when you limit choices of farmers, you you create a, a problem, you create a product that they inherently, you know, will not favor, or won't trust because it has to fit into all these other things they use and do. I just wanted to wind back a little bit to um, a point you made uh, earlier, Nick, about um, the billion dollar uh, companies that normally produce apps. Um, how challenging was it for you to compete with them? I mean, what what uh, kind of investment did you have to make in order to make sure that this app had had the same kind of uh, high standards, that it was easy to use and there were no teething problems and everything ran smoothly? How much of a challenge was that? I mean, so, you know, the, the one half of it is it was actually very very manageable. And and that's simply because of Clara and her understanding and background. And I was able to more kind of follow along and and, and learn about the business of making an app. And, um, you know, just a lot of the, you know, user acquisition and modeling and, and, and what you were trying to achieve and how they go about it. So, I mean, this is entirely Clara's domain, but <laughs> I'd say it was far more manageable than it would have been in any other scenario. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, this is this is what I do for a living. This is like my job, right? I do this for big companies uh, in terms of, you know, user experience, usability testing, leading development teams. So 
I've been doing this, you know, for many years for other companies. And, and then I also did this before a year and a half ago, I launched my own app, which is an app to, to take notes. And it's a simple app. But I also wanted to put it out in the app store because I wanted to build one of my own, right? I'm always um, working for other companies and I just thought, I think I can do it faster, you know, because sometimes in big companies, it's, you, even though you go super fast, um, depending on the company, it's it's harder to go as fast as you want um, in terms mm-hmm. of signing off work sometimes or, you know, and releasing budget. So I wanted to see how fast I could do it by myself. And it was a great learning experience. And from there, I also had um, a lot of contacts uh, from, you know, with developers that were still working together with them today. So in terms also uh, of hiring, it was smoother because I had those contacts previously, right? So um, it is not an easy endeavor, but of course, because it's my job, I kind of know, you know, I, I do know what needs to be done and how to be at um, at an industry standard. And this is what is really hard when you are a startup, right? Uh, people expect the industry standard is that apps work flawlessly at the speed of light. And, you know, what most people don't understand that big companies, you know, like Facebook or Google, they have their own backend. They have, you know, their billion dollar companies and they are setting the standard that when you're a startup, it's really hard to get to. It's really hard to get uh, this fast app and also have the budget to create your own backend, right? For example, at the moment, we're using a third-party pre-made backend that comes out of the box, right? And these solutions are um, currently uh, very fast and very easy, but they can only take so many users. For example, if we grow up to 1 million users, which will be an amazing problem to have, then we will have to build our own backend, right? But yes, I mean, it comes with the job, with the expertise of, you know, um, yeah, I'm the person who has done this before. So so it's it's been smoother, I would say, for us. Um, this is my second app out there, yeah. And and I think, you know, one advantage we had was I've worked in the big business. Now we're, you know, independent farmers. And so, you know, when people talk about a startup and having a team or having co-founders versus doing it all yourself, um, you know, we, I think we had the advantage of of having a specialty, having a skill set, staying in our lane yeah. and being able to make decisions and move quickly. If I needed feedback on something we had the contacts to get it quickly. And then Clara made a decision that day and began the implementation that day where any other entity, you know, especially a big company, that's a two to four week process. Yeah. Or even more, you know, most startups, it takes them one and a half years um, to even launch or sometimes three, but this is because of the intricacy of having a big company with multiple investors and signing off and meetings and all of that. You know, when you're like super small team, you just go for it and you know we're ready to to iterate on you know on it um we're not afraid to make mistakes and we're gonna pivot so um one thing i've learned uh from my career that it's better to get it out there you know S- some say if it's if you're not embarrassed of it you're you're too late you're released too late right i think it still looks very nice and and we made the right calls but um but uh, you know it's a it's it's a little dance in, you know, not being too perfectionist, getting it out there. If some people see something, you know, if it wasn't great in the next iteration, two weeks later, it'll be fine. And more people are going to come on board. So just, just to be yeah, reasonable. 
<laughs> now the the uh, the app is 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 free to use i understand but how how are you going to monetize it what what's the thinking behind that you know i i think from our standpoint the first step is is the user base so through user acquisition we will um you know that that's our first goal is to grow it um you know one kind of nuance is is translation so when we roll out android here in the next month or so we'll have several languages and you know these things don't translate well so right now we're focused on building a mm-hmm. process so that we have local news different countries yeah. it translates across and and we focus on building the user base first yeah exactly and and you know i always tell nick like you know our our goal at the moment is user acquisition and also understanding what it is that user wants right the app is currently quite streamlined you know um, so more features or further uh, more bespoke areas could be added. We don't know what that is yet. And you can always monetize an app in various ways, right? As long as you have interested users in it and daily active users, then you're on the right path. And then you can always do, you know, we could do freemium. We could ha- we could have private partnerships and to for selective promotions on seasonal locations or there, there are many, many ways um, an app with with a good user base that, that can be monetized. That's why I think we're not too worried about how we're going to monetize it. Uh, at the moment, we're focused on making a really good product that people want to continue using. And then we can start introducing um, other things that can be monetized. And, mm-hmm. and, and Nick, you know, it, what this has got us thinking quite a bit about is, is doing things differently. A lot of you know, the interest long term or the interest in the way companies do things like their their research or private entities is is a very uh, upfront cost heavy model. You know, if if your client base is 20,000 people, not 20 people, you charge for it differently. There's probably a lot of people in the world who would pay a small amount of money for something that helps them make a better decision each year or provide some key insights. So, so right now, what we're really building is in, in the tech world is a platform, mm-hmm. a platform to provide information in a digestible format and, and, and kind of how that evolves to, to Clara's point will be user driven. And, and at that point, you know, farmers, you know, farmers are very, very savvy people, right? They're they're accountants, they're stewards of the land, they're they are mechanics, and they sit there and 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 they've got people approaching them on on the carbon, and they, everybody wants to buy their crop, and everybody wants to sell them chemicals and seeds. So by by building a platform where you could aggregate in one place the combined you know buying power insights of you know such a large group of people and especially internationally where you know in the United States you might have 70% of people using a phone to look something up but in a lot of countries you know you're at 90 plus and if you can't access a rural individual where wi-fi may not is completely limited so we think about it more in the sense of of building the user base and building the platform that would allow um you know, pr- provide an opportunity for the buyers, the sellers, um, you know, distribution, all of it in one place. You've launched it now about a few weeks ago. Um, how far has the uptake been 
uh, well, how how far has it been so far in, 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 and in which countries are your users based? Have we got any idea about that from your analytics? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So most of our users are in the US and and actually we're finding like, let's say, I don't know, 80% of users are US or 70, but then we have South America a lot, Europe is coming up a lot, and Australia, right? And, you know, we're getting like, at the beginning, we were getting, let's say, 11, 12, 15 downloads a day. Now we're more in between like six to 10 downloads a day. And, you know, when, when we check where they're from, they're from everywhere. So that's quite interesting for us because, um, you know, at the beginning, you, you you know the people that you're like, oh, okay, we have 20 downloads. We know who they are. At this point, we don't know who's downloading the app. And it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And, and how did they become aware of, of, of the app then? Um, how, how do you think more and more people are downloading it? Is it through, you know, word of mouth or how how or are you promoting it as well we're not promoting at the moment not yet we want to have android ready before we start doing any promotion so that should be in about two to three weeks mm-hmm. um but we are seeing that they're coming from search so people organically searching for ag related oh. things on the ios app store mm-hmm. and i think a lot of them are also coming from uh, Twitter and Facebook referrals. Like, you know, we are sharing news on Facebook and it's getting a lot of likes. We think from there as well. Um, but yeah, organically, right? Yeah. We're, we're also, you know, we want this to be mobile first. So we're not, you know, we're not in spending money today on ads and we're not really kind of pushing that social media um, you know, we don't want people going to social media to find out about us to then come back to an app. So at this point, we're going pretty slow and, and focused on this, the, the mobile growth. And a lot of that also just depends on getting Android out simply because a yeah. number of these countries, greater than 90, 90% of people have, you know, Androids. I, iPhones are just too expensive and don't have service and yeah, and we have been very surprised by the amount of downloads on iOS because also a lot of people are asking, where's Android, where's Android? So, um, yeah, Android is like, we'll probably get four times more, if not more downloads, right? So we're waiting for that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of a nuance, but, you know, when you say you're building an app, you got to build two apps, <laughs> one for <laughs> yeah. Android, one for iOS, and then yeah. most companies need the website to interact. And so it becomes a whole, um, you know, you're actually building a series of products. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, in terms of the the news content uh, from the, the the news outlets, do do you need uh, permission to use that? How does that work? You know, um, I I think at this point, so what we do, so mo- I think agriculture news number one is a little unique in the sense that a lot of the news comes from public domain information. So governments, uh, weather services, SOMAR data, um, and then gets, you know, regurgitated locally. And so what happens is if we find, you know, unique news, we cite it, we actually put links to it, we summarize it. If we take quotes, we cite it. Um, A lot of it we actually are doing, um, we're writing the news. Uh, It's kind of one of the things I did for um, I've traded in, in, in speculative capacities and um, I actually, I manage large feed business and I wrote every week, um, 
you know, usually anywhere from kind of four to 6,000 words on what was driving markets, what our decision-making is, why we're doing it. So sort of had a habit of doing some of this already. Hi. So yeah, a lot of it now, you know, we're writing because, um, you know, and, and, and we're utilizing our network of resources. Um, you know, just a simple example is, um, you know, being here, we're, we're invested in farming in Argentina. This happens to be the season that Argentina is incredibly important. Um, and I, what you realize now, kind of having been involved, it, it, it's a very similar with the um, the energy component of animal feed, having done that a year ago. You know, most people don't really know where the crops are growing in Argentina. So you see these weather reports, you see these production numbers. So I think we're actually able to, um, you know, in, in a summarized format, take a lot of public data and make it you know, yeah. into and our own stories. It's yeah. quite interesting yeah. because when we started doing this, we thought, okay, we're going to summarize news. And then we found ourselves pretty much writing the news, like finding, you know, the information for ourselves. And, you know, a lot of them, yeah, they don't link, you know, we are becoming slowly a media company, right? We, we very quickly realized, oh, wow. Okay, this is actually who's the author is Easy News, right? So we have been putting in some of them Easy News Finance and because, you know, we have been writing. So this is something that we are learning as well, that how to become a media company, because it's just kind of happening organically when we have noticed like, okay, we, we actually want to, you know, give the information ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. This brings us to an end of another episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like on Twitter at Agile Farming. Or if you know somebody that should be a guest on one of our next episodes, drop us a quick message. Thanks, everybody, and bye-bye for now.